Hello, everyone. Welcome to Cinema's Soft Underbelly. I'm your host, Eugene Weaver, and I'm coming to you live from sunny Florida, where I lived for two years. I, uh, I thought I would be able to get a podcast in while I was down here, and sure enough, here I am taping. So um, if you're listening, then you know what Cinema's Soft Underbelly is all about. I talk about uh, all things in the world of horror and exploitation, fantasy, uh, grindhouse, low budget, sometimes big budget, but I talk about movies because I love them. Uh, Today, I'm going to actually be talking about a couple movies that I would normally be talking about on my my other show that I co-host, Movie Freaks, but being as we're going to be doing a really big episode here soon with our friends over at Cinema Sidekicks, um, we're not going to have enough time to cover everything that we would normally cover on our usual Movie Freaks show, so I'm actually going to cover a couple of the movies that uh, I would have been talking about on that show, uh, this episode here, which these movies actually fit in quite well with my show, so it works out pretty good. Um, I am going to be talking about uh, the last four movies that I've seen. And normally, I pick a certain topic and focus on that, and it may be movies that I haven't seen in a while. But here, uh, because this goes along so well with what we discuss over at Movie Freaks, and that's like our most recently watched movies, uh, not necessarily movies that just came out, but just movies that we've watched in the last week or so, I thought that I would just take care of that here. Uh, So I've got four movies that I'm going to touch on. Two are thumbs up, two are thumbs down-ish, but not huge thumbs down. Uh, All four of these have some good stuff to offer for horror fans out there. A couple of them are are complete and total gems in the rough. In fact, the one movie that I'm going to be talking about more than likely will be discussed on the really big podcast with uh, Movie Freaks and Cinema Sidekicks. Because uh, they're uh, asking me to bring one of uh, a horror gem for them for cinema sidekicks, and one of them, uh, the one that I'm going to probably pick, is going to be dealt with today. And I'm going to actually start with that movie. I'm going to start with a big thumbs up. Um, this movie was from 2013. It's the second time I've watched, and it's called Open Grave. And uh, this movie, um, I th- this is one of those movies where the more you know the the less you want to know. How about that? Uh, the more you know about it, the more... I don't want to say it ruins it, because that's not, that's not true. Because, uh, in fact, I watched it... You know, I watched it twice. And even the second time, it was still a great, uh, a great surprise. Um, this one here stars... Uh, and I'm going to probably but- butcher his name, and I, I don't want to, but uh, Charlto uh, Copley, I believe. And he was in The A-Team... And District 9, Elysium, Maleficent, uh, you'll recognize him as soon as you see him. Uh, he's a really, really good actor, especially in this one. In fact, this might be my favorite role that, that he plays. The uh, movie was directed by, and I'm going to probably butcher this name too, but that's okay, uh, Gonzalo Lopez Gallego. He made Apollo 18, which was eh, but he also made the uh, movie King of the Hill, which was very, very good. Highly, highly recommend that movie. Uh, and that's one maybe I'll get into down the road because I haven't seen that in a long time. But I remember it's more of a survival 
uh, crime drama type thing. It's not really a horror movie, but very good movie. But Open Grave, uh, I'm going to keep this very, very vague because, again, this movie plays all about the element of surprise. And as the story unfolds, you're, you're, it's unfolding with our characters. At the same time, it's unfolding with you. So it's not like you're not, you're never five steps ahead of the characters in this. And I really like that. Um, the clues are, are there. Uh, but it's it's just a very very well laid out, very well made movie with good acting, sparse but very very good special effects, and um, just high production values. I got I gave it four out of five stars. Uh, I'm gonna I'm going to, uh, oh boy, I, it's it's I hesitate to give you too I hesitate to say too much about. Uh, the storyline, because again, I just, I don't want to ruin it, but okay. Guy wakes up uh, in a pit full of dead bodies with no memory of where he is, who he is. Uh, and he's got to determine if, uh, if the murder of all these people is one of the uh, people that rescues him out of this pit, or if maybe he's the killer. Um, Cause there was a, a small band of people in this big, I don't want to say commune, but it's kind of a big, yeah, a big commune type thing. And they're trying to figure out what's going on. There's some really strange goings on there. And you're like, oh, what's, what's happening? But it's very, very methodical and slow in revealing what the real deal is here, what's really going on. And, uh, it has just enough creepy parts in it that it makes it fall under horror movie. But it's it's not near as horror movie as you may think, uh, especially with the title "Open Grave." It yeah, it's I, I suppose it could fall under horror movie, but it's to me it's more of a thriller mystery type with some horror elements in it. Um, and it's for a horror movie, you have to be careful for these horror movies that you don't um, you don't get too too much longer past a ninety minute running time for a lot. Of, just a lot of horror movies that if they go past that, it's just kind of eh. Some movies can do it. Obviously, you know you got your Exorcists, and even a more recent would be uh, uh, World War Z, where it's two hours long and it breezes by. But for the most part, you want to keep them at about ninety minutes. I think this one here is it's a hundred and two minutes, but it flies by so 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 fast. So highly recommend that movie. There's a, about the only thing that I can find complaint with is there's uh, there's one of the side characters in this. Uh, let's see if I can find his name here. Thomas Kretschmann. Uh, and he's been in other stuff, and he's actually been very good, or, or decent, I guess. But for some reason in this one, and it's probably because of his accent, it just doesn't quite work, and it just seems like he's kind of... I'm not a very good actor, and I'm guessing he is a good actor. It's just he didn't quite fit the part like I would have wanted. Uh, so, anyway, big thumbs up on that movie. Highly recommend it, especially after this director's Apollo 18 was just it was so so after his very very good King of the Hill. Uh, he's definitely rebounded with this one. I'm not sure what the budget was for this. Uh, it probably wasn't huge huge, but. Uh, the budget is right there on the screen. Everything is on the screen and uh, big thumbs up, huge thumbs up. Next up. Now I'm going to go to a, uh, uh, I guess a stinker, although I still enjoyed it for what it was, but it's bad. <laughs> and that's 1986's sorority house massacre. 
And if you've been following my podcast or even Movie Freaks podcast long enough, you'll know that I love slasher movies. I love talking about slasher movies. I love the 80s uh, and, and how the slasher landscape changed throughout the, the 80s, starting with uh, the golden age of slasher movies, which was early, early 80s, and then starting to, starting to slip majorly by 85. Well, this was 86, and you can tell they've... They've fallen. Uh, this thing is super low budget, and I have I have a feeling I'm, I'm pretty sure that Roger Corman's production company produced this thing. Um, so, but even even for his standards, yeesh, this is kind of tough to sit through. Um, however, however, it has its charms. One of which is it's only 75 minutes long. That's with end credits, uh, which that's about right. That that figures. Basically, and if you're listening to this, I watched this on Netflix, by the way. Um, I'm going to probably, I'm going to spoil this movie for the most part, and it doesn't matter, trust me. Because if you're watching Sorority House Massacre, you're expecting exactly what that title says. You're expecting scantily clad, cheesy 80s, bad actresses getting killed by an equally non-scary killer with lots of fake ketchup blood. Well, there you go. That's this movie. This movie actually is a complete and total ripoff of Halloween. Um, and even a couple, a couple things from Nightmare on Elm Street were thrown in there to boot just because. Um, director's name was Carol Frank, and a woman directed this movie, but you couldn't tell. Uh, sometimes women can make really, you know, really good horror movies. Um, I think Mary Lambert, I think that was her name. She directed, uh, Pet Cemetery. Um, and there's been, uh, Jackie Chan, uh, Jackie Kong, I think, directed, uh, Blood Diner, which I, I love that movie. Uh, and there's other ones too, but this one here is just, oh boy, it's, it's bad, real bad. Yet it's, it's quite fun. And if you're into these types of movies and you can stomach the, uh, the horrible production values, the horrible acting, the really lousy effects, and even like the girls are kind of ugly in it and the guys are just doofuses, but, Again, there's something about these movies that they're so simple, and especially the ones that are completely trying to rip off previous, much better ones. It makes for a, a, a relatively fun uh, hour and 15 minutes. I gave this two and a half out of five stars. And you're probably thinking, come on, Eugene. It's, it's zero. I mean, and trust me, the thing is, the quality of this movie is total mystery science theater all the way through. But that doesn't mean that I don't like it, because I... I sort of enjoyed it. Uh, I'm going to read the synopsis here. A little girl's brother kills the whole family but her, um, and she escapes by hiding in the basement. He's committed to a mental institution, and she grows up with a new family, eventually going to college, where she joins a sorority. Due to a memory block, she doesn't remember that the sorority house was her childhood house. How convenient. Uh, Her brother senses her presence in the house and escapes so he can finish the job he was unable to complete. Yay, there you go. And I think it's so funny that that the house that she lived in as a child is now a sorority house that she just miraculously goes back to and, okay, here's my sorority house, and it's so lame. Uh, however, it's that lameness that, uh, that makes it enjoyable. Uh, enjoyable to a certain extent, obviously. And again, it's got... It's, it has, you know, shot on film, and it has that, um, 
that Roger Corman low budget feel to it. Um, so anyway, I don't want to spend too much time on the movie because ouch. Uh, I, I do want to mention though that the sequel, Sorority House Massacre Part Two, was made in 1990. I haven't seen it yet. Notice I said yet, but it's uh, it's directed by Jim Wynarski. And yeah, he has done a bazillion things. There's a documentary out on him that uh, I highly recommend. It's it's really good in just his life and what, uh, I don't know, what, how he makes movies. And he bangs them out like crazy. It's so funny how, uh, how many movies he makes and they're all so low rent, but he has it down to a science. I mean, it's, he has this way of making movies that's fast and cheap and not good, but he obviously has carved a niche for himself. Now I haven't, again, I haven't watched this one, um, but it's 77 minutes long. So we've actually gained two minutes from the first one. Yay. I believe it's on Netflix. So rest assured, I will watch that. And once I do, I'll report back. Uh, so that's all the time I'm going to spend on sorority house massacre. Cause, um, it doesn't really deserve anything more. Uh, I'm guessing I'm probably the only person on the interweb talking about Sorority House Massacre. Um, anyway, next up is uh, I'm going to go with uh, another thumbs up. Now, this is not a huge thumbs up, but it is a thumbs up. I was I was pleasantly surprised. And that movie is a brand new release from 2014 called Zombievers. Yes, you heard it right. Zombievers. Um, it, it, the movie is exactly what the title sounds like. It's about zombie beavers, um, of course. So uh, it's uh, it's a, obviously with a title like that, you're immediately you're thinking, okay, well, this is going to be sci-fi original garbage. And I got to tell you, um, it actually is, uh, I hate to say this, it's actually better than that. Uh, even with such a lame title, <laughs> uh, it's, it's, fairly decent it's it's funny how short these movies are i think this one was uh an hour and 17 minutes um directed by jordan rubin now jordan rubin i just did a little research here and he was um he's more of a writer he he's wrote a lot of stuff for tv um a lot of stuff like late show stuff um he uh a lot of tv stuff but as far as director he only uh, the only previous thing he's done is directed a couple TV episodes of a show I've never heard of, and then he did this thing, Zombievers. Um, it's low rent. It's direct. Uh, it's it has that direct to video, high def sheen to it, but it it works. the uh, The script. I mean, it, it the, the funny parts are actually generally funny, and um, the gore for. I'm happy to report is lots of real prosthetic gore, not the fake stupid CGI gore. There is of course some of that in there, but it's not near as much as you would think. Um, I was going in thinking this is going to be a uh, mega Python versus killer octopus, crocodile, piranha, whatever. And it's not, it's, it's, uh, it's played for laughs, but it's, it's way funnier than something like Sharknado. Um, it's mercifully short, <laughs> Uh, the acting is what you'd expect, but not bad. It's not terrible. I, I didn't hate any of the uh, any of the people in the movie. It moves at a lightning fast pace. Um, 
So I'm going to read off the synopsis here. Zombievers is an action-packed horror comedy, and action-packed, that's pushing it. A horror comedy in which a group of college kids staying at a riverside cabin are menaced by a swarm of deadly zombie beavers. A weekend of sex and debauchery soon turns gruesome as the beavers close in on the kids. Riding the line between scary, sexy, and funny, the kids are soon fighting for their lives in a desperate attempt to fend off the horde of beavers that attack them in and around their cabin. Uh, I will say this, the end credits, there's bloopers that are actually really funny, and then after that, there's this there's this big band type song, Zombievers is, the, is what the song's called, I'm guessing. It's hilarious. Uh, and then after that, then there is actually a, a little gotcha type thing at the very end after the credits. So if you actually sit down and watch this movie, make sure you watch it all the way through, uh, all 77 minutes of it. Uh, but I got to say, I, uh, I enjoyed it for what it was. This is one that I am almost positive I will watch again. Not that it's a great movie, but it's a fun movie. It definitely is fun. Um, they even do, um, and you'll see. They, I would like to say they, uh, they pay homage to some other movies, but it's probably uh, it's probably not that. It's probably just being a, a ripoff. Uh, some of the actors, you can tell they're uh, uh, Nick Frost, uh, Simon Pegg. There, there there's a. a couple characters in there I'm like okay you guys are trying to act like like those guys and then there's uh there's a scene on a raft and to me and maybe maybe I'm reading into it but to me it very much felt like they were they were uh mimicking the raft scene from Creepshow Part 2 and the the Stephen King uh, short story The Raft where the kids are trapped on a raft and there's stuff coming after them uh, so I, I got that feeling, but I could be wrong. I mean, that Creepshow 2 came out way back in, I think, 87. So who knows? I don't know. Uh, but regardless, it was fun. Uh, not sure what the budget was on it. It probably wasn't huge, but it was adequate for what the movie was. Um, uh, there, it's It could have been a little bit gorier, but it was fine. I It was gruesome enough. Um I had a smile on my face most of the way through. Um, and again, if you're thinking, well, okay, um, Beavers, this is probably going to suck, but I'm going to still give it a, try, a, a chance. Look, if you think that it sounds stupid and you hate that type of thing, don't watch it because you'll, you'll probably hate it. But if you do go in with an open mind thinking, okay, this might be a little bit better than the typical sci-fi channel movie, I, I think you'll enjoy it. I did. I, th- I thought it was good. I gave it three out of five stars. Uh, so anyway, I'm going to move on here. Uh, the last movie that I'm going to talk about, um, unless I go down another rabbit trail, uh, is VHS viral. And this is another one, 2014, very new release. I was very, very, very excited about this movie when I heard it was going to be made. Uh, I love the VHS series. Uh, the first one was a complete surprise. I actually figured that I was going to hate the movie. Um, cause even back when the first VHS came out, which is a couple of years ago now, um, the, the, uh, found footage whole, that subgenre was starting to get long in the tooth already. And that movie actually was playing where I'm at right now at the, uh, Sarasota. The first time I had ever heard of this movie was at the Sarasota film festival. It was getting one showing, I believe. And that was like at 10 o'clock at night. 
And the synopsis sounded kind of interesting, and I'm like, ah, maybe I should check that out. But I'm like, eh, 10 o'clock, I don't want to drive down downtown and watch that. And now I wish I would have. I mean, Ty West directed one of the segments, and um, and the guys that uh, – I, I forget all of the directors from the first one, uh, but I would guess that some of them were in attendance, and that just really sucks that I didn't go. Because um, the first one was a great movie, and I would have loved to see that on the big screen. As good as the first one was, I was not prepared for the awesomeness that is VHS 2. That is one of my favorite horror movies of the last uh, five, ten years. Uh, I've watched it three times now, and uh, the only reason it's not getting a perfect five out of five from me is the very first story. It's good, but it's not up to the excellence of all the other ones. But it's still very, very watchable. But the other ones... Uh, especially Safe Haven, and uh, trust me, if you're a horror fan and you have not watched VHS 2, watch that movie strictly for the short story. And the, the short, I, by short, I mean it, that's pushing like a half hour. But watch it just for that one, because if you were at all squeamish, that one there will get you. Uh, that movie was crazy. So that brings us to VHS Viral, and the second one generally gets very good. Good reviews, high marks from fans and and even non-fans. I, that one there gets a lot of love. But actually, the first two get, get pretty high marks. Now we've got VHS Viral. And I'm going to just start by saying I did not hate this movie. There's a lot of hate going on about this movie. And uh, justifiably so. I understand why. However, um, it, it's not a complete wash. Uh, but... It is after the first two entries. This is a huge step down, an unfortunate huge step down, um, and not just because of the short stories that are included in this anthology movie, but um, uh, so several other reasons as well. the uh, The first two VHS movies have between four and five short stories. Well, this one here um, doesn't have near that many. There's actually three movies within three short stories within the actual movie and then the wraparound story. So there's four there. There was supposed to be five and, and uh, um, one of the shorts called, uh, what's it called here? Let me see. Gorgeous Vortex was completely cut from the movie, bringing the runtime down to 83 minutes with end credits. And that's simply not good enough. I'm sorry. That's just not good enough. That movie must have sucked so bad that they cut out that entire segment or, it couldn't be done in time, but I don't know what the rush was unless they wanted to get it out by Halloween because I know it, it was a, a video-on-demand release. Maybe that was what they were trying to do is get it out by Halloween and that one wasn't complete in time. And who knows? Maybe the, the Blu-ray and the DVD release will have that one on. Uh, but it's just very interesting. We, no one knows why exactly it was cut. But obviously there was something to it that got it cut. Uh, Okay, so the actual movie itself. Here's the main problem with this movie. It's not the short stories in the movie. They range from uh, quite good to mediocre, average. What really hurts this movie is the wraparound story. The first two movies had such a cool wraparound story, and it involved the same house uh, with these monitors and old VHS players and VHS tapes that were broadcasting these crazy, crazy movies, uh, found footage type things, and these people would stumble upon the house, and they were either investigating for some some reason or another, 
and they would end up watching these tapes and bad things would happen. And it's like every cut scene from the actual, whatever you're watching on the VHS tape, which is the short movies would jump back to this house of the people actually watching these VHS tapes. And it was so fascinating and interesting and almost as good as the actual movies themselves here. They completely abandoned that. And it's called viral now, VHS viral. And I think that the whole thing was that I think, and it's so vague, they don't, they don't tell you quite what's going on in this wraparound story, but there's enough of the wraparound story. Like it's long enough that it's like, that's a full short movie that they're doing here. And you don't know what's going on. They're not explaining anything, but something about these, these VHS tapes that were from the house were uplay, uploaded onto phones and whenever you come into contact with the phone, uh, it gets passed along and then you watch it and then you die, I think, maybe in all of its shaky cam blurry glory. There's some sort of an ice cream truck that's involved that you're that people are chasing after. And it's a mess. It's a complete mess. I had no idea what was going on, but that's what I took from it was something about the VHS tapes are now on cell phones and being... Uh, Uploaded and passed around, I think, maybe. But I could be wrong. I don't know. Um, I didn't do tons of research on who directed what in this because it's barely worth noting, I think. It's eh. um, uh, So I don't actually have the director's names pulled up on screen. I will say this, though. Uh, one of the directors made uh, previously made the movie Dance of the Dead, which I thought was very, very good. Uh, not, not very, very good. It was great. I loved that movie. Uh... Uh, and I'm not sure if this if the same director made Resolution or not, but uh, director made Resolution, which I believe is on Netflix. I think very good movie. Uh, that movie is worth it just for the ending because that ending is crazy. Uh, and then a Spanish director, and I apologize for not having their the actual director's names up on screen, but um, I just I'm going over my notes. And that's the, the director of Time Crimes, which my friend and co-host over on Movie Freaks, Eric Marner, he talked me into watching. And I got to tell you, I, I should watch that one again because I gave it a passing score mildly, I think, if that. But I should watch that again because watching his his piece in this movie made me think of that movie because it's very similar. And I'm like, you know, maybe I should give that movie another another chance. Maybe it's not as bad as I thought it was. And I have a feeling that I'm, I'm probably right in thinking that. I have a feeling that I'm going to like it a lot more. Um, his movie in this, in this one was the best part of the movie. Uh, and it's called parallel monsters. And that thing is awesome. That is the best part of VHS viral. Uh, however, it's still not as good as I would say at least half of the other movies spread up, spread out across VHS one and two, but it's a very, very worthy addition to VHS. Uh, next up and uh, that one there. Um, is uh, it that one there is about parallel universes. It's more of a sci-fi fantasy with some horror elements to it. And um, it's really cool. I got to tell you, it's really cool. This whole movie, though, totally jumps the shark with found footage. Because found footage, obviously, if you're watching a found footage movie, it has to make some sort of sense as far as why they would be videoing that. And this one here, it's to the point where it's like, this who's who's videoing it yeah it looks like a home movie but who's even doing the recording it doesn't make sense it's just like it's an actual movie without the uh without the 
you know, the found footage aspect, but it feels like a found footage movie. So it's like they've completely jumped the shark at this point. It's it doesn't even make sense. Um, they they try. I mean, there's okay. Oh, you're holding a video camera or whatever, or you're, you know, I, I get it. But there's other times where it's like, well, who's actually recording right now? I that doesn't make sense. However, just suspension of disbelief here. Just forget that and enjoy Parallel Monsters. Now that's the second movie. Uh, not counting the wraparound story, which the wraparound story is called uh, Vicious Circles. Um, and again, ugh, yuck. Uh, so already, bad taste in my mouth from the from the Vicious Circles wraparound thing. Um, and I'm kind of jumping out. I wanted to tell you my favorite one of the bunch, which was Parallel Monsters. Second favorite is called Dante the Great. And that's about a magician that can do all sorts of crazy stuff. Because of a cape that he wears, he goes from being a low rent, uh, no budget, no nobody magician to the greatest magician on earth because of this cape that lets him actually do real magic, and it's it's good. Uh, it's not fantastic, but it's it's very entertaining. I had a smile on my face the whole way through, and I, that was actually the first full short movie in VHS viral. And I'm like, okay, after that shaky beginning. Uh, with the wraparound thing. I'm like, okay, I'm into this. Dante the Great, good. And then we, now we cut back to that stupid wraparound story. I'm like, what? Then we go into Parallel Monsters. Big thumbs up there. Then we go into the, the last of the short movies, and that's called Bone Storm. Good Lord. I mean, what? So basically you take a group of high school skater punks with GoPros, uh, little cameras attached to their helmets and their skateboards or whatever, and they're rad and gnarly. Yeah, we're cool skater guys, and we're doing you know half pipe stuff, whatever. And I'm an old, I'm an old fart, so you know I don't get it. Um, but they want to go to Tijuana, Mexico, because there's a rad skate park there. And so all of a sudden they're in Tijuana, Mexico. These high school kids, young high school kids, and all of a sudden there's this death cult. And this in this big skate park thing, and it's dudes dressed up as skeletons chasing after them on their skateboards, and then they kill them. Kind of, like the high school kids kind of kill them by smashing them with skateboards and stuff and things, and it doesn't make sense. And it goes on for too long. And there's something about them trying to resurrect a monster or something, and it, it doesn't make sense. Um, there's a seed of a good idea in there, but it doesn't work. Um, in fact, I would say that that's probably my least favorite of the actual movies on the VHS series. Uh, it's worth watching once, I suppose, barely. So basically in this whole thing, in this whole VHS viral movie, you've got a, you've got maybe, um, I would say 40 minutes tops of good stuff and the rest is meh. So I gave it two and a half out of five stars and that's, pushing it honestly but the 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 two that were good in this are really good and they're definitely worth watching uh, in fact it's worth watching it just to watch those skip the rest um or or don't watch the whole thing and see what you think you might like it i don't know i ugh. um so anyway that's vhs viral it uh it was worthy of one watch all of these are worthy of at least one watch some are worthy of numerous watches Guaranteed I'm going to be watching Zombievers again, and uh, I'm sure I'm going to be revisiting Open Grave at some point or another because that was a big thumbs up. The other two, House, uh, Sorority House Massacre and VHS Viral, yeah, I'll Sorority House, not sure about that one, watching it again, but VHS Viral, I'll probably give that one another spin. Who knows? I might even be able to make more sense out of the uh, wraparound story 
and I might like it more. I doubt it, but I might. And uh, here's hoping to a Blu-ray release of that that actually has the uh, that other movie that was completely cut, Gorgeous Vortex, although at this point I'm not holding out a whole lot of hope on that one. So anyway, so that's me playing cleanup on my recently watched that I normally would be talking about over on Movie Freaks. By the way, you can catch us, uh, Movie Freaks Podcast, over on YouTube and soon to be on iTunes. We're going to be jumping over to iTunes here real soon. And you can also uh, catch uh, Cinema Sidekicks uh, over on iTunes as well. They've got a great show, uh, and so do we. I love Movie Freaks uh, Podcast. We have a great time doing the show. We have a great time uh, listening to them. We hope you do too. And I, of course, thank you for listening to my show, Cinema Soft Underbelly. You can get a hold of me with any questions that you may have or comments or movies that you think I should see. You can get a hold of me at eugene-weaver at hotmail.com. I'd love to hear some feedback. And um, thanks for listening. I hope that you, at the very least, give some of these movies a try. You may not like them. You might love them. Or you might be like, okay, well, that's one to check off the list. Now I can say I've seen that and move on with my life. Uh, That's okay. But regardless, that's going to do it for me today. Uh, I'm going to try to get another one in while I'm down here in Florida, but you never know because this is vacation time for me. So podcasting isn't number one on my list of things to do, but uh, I, of course, always love doing this. So, okay. Until next time, I'm Eugene Weaver. Thanks for listening.